Vince writes in to ask this. Hello, Pastor John. I'm a farmer here in Indiana, and I have greatly enjoyed your app while I put in long hours in bringing in the harvest. That's wonderful to hear. Would you comment on Paul's encouragement that New Testament churches greet one another with a holy kiss? See Romans 16, 16, 1 Corinthians 16, 20, 2 Corinthians 13, 12, and 1 Thessalonians 5, 26. It may have been a cultural practice of the day, but even if the practice has passed away, is there any contemporary relevance for us today to take out of it? So, yes, Paul four times tells the church, the Romans, the Corinthians, the Thessalonians, to uh, greet one another with a holy kiss. And Peter says to greet one another with a kiss of love. Um, and I would say that has at least three implications for us. First, let's do it. I mean, I mean even if the hug and the handshake today in my culture um, more common among Christians in in the West, as I know them, at least uh, it seems to me that we don't have to be resistant to learning something from other cultures and places and times. We might do well to broaden our possible expressions of affection. Uh, it doesn't seem to me that Paul and Peter tell the church to greet one another with a holy kiss, meaning you dare not even see one another without kissing one another. It's not, it's not that kind of rule. You know, like if you walk out of this room while we're having tea and you walk back into the room, I need to greet you with a kiss. Or if I see you between classes at nine, I need to kiss you. And if I see you after that class as we're walking down the hall, I need to kiss you again. Paul and Peter were not prescribing that kind of precision. That They were saying, take the physical, familial expression of endearment and use it in a way that is holy to express your love for one another. And and he didn't prescribe that it had to be done every single time you see one another fresh for the full time. He just said, use it, use it, do it. And I think that we would do well to think of ways that we might include a holy kiss in our greetings, especially perhaps for very dear friends uh, after very long absences. And I'm mainly thinking of people of the same sex here because I think you have to be so careful with kissing people of the opposite sex. There are, there, there are two men in my life who kiss me when I see them. I don't see them, but once, twice a year sometimes, and they kiss me on the cheek uh, after these months of, of separation. Only two. There used to be three, and now my father is in heaven, and so there's only two. And frankly, it means a great deal to me that these brothers put a kiss on my cheek um, both of them are manly, thoughtful, self-controlled guys. It means one thing. You, John Piper, are precious to me. I value our friendship very highly, though we don't see each other very often. That's what it means. Number two, that's the first implication. Just let's do it <laughs> in appropriate ways. Number two, uh, the point that Paul and Peter are making is to stress that the ordinary kiss, and it is just an ordinary kiss, should be made holy 
by the Christian church rather than being abandoned. So there's a lesson here for us. He says a holy kiss. Kiss each other with a holy kiss. Kissing is not uniquely Christian. It's not a uniquely Christian affection. And what the apostles do is say, take it from the world and sanctify it. Make it holy. Devote it to God. Make it say something about the Holy One. Include God in your hearts and in your thoughts when you greet one another with this ordinary, culturally common greeting. Uh, it seems to me similar to First uh, Timothy 2.8, where Paul says that he wants the men to pray lifting holy hands. I think the main point there is not that everywhere and at all times in the church where there's prayer, the men must have their hands in the air. Surely there are times when other postures would also be appropriate. The point is, when you lift your hands, they should be holy hands in prayer. So when the kiss of affection is given to a brother in Christ, it should not be sensual or manipulative or offensive or hypocritical or in any way pretending to express affection that's not really there. It, it shouldn't hide any sin in our lives. It should be a holy kiss. So the lesson we can learn here is that whatever means, whatever means of expressing greetings, I mean, right now, what do you do? Ball up your fist and hit somebody's knuckles. Where'd that come from? So I think what what the apostles want to do is encourage us to use various culturally appropriate uh, symbols of greeting and sanctify them and make them holy. We what do we do? We we uh, we ball up our fists and we we do fist bumps with each other. <laughs> I hardly ever know what to do. Somebody makes a fist at me and says, "Oh yeah, I'm supposed to <laughs> I'm supposed to punch you on the fist." What is that? I don't know where that comes from or what that is, but I do it. And I think Paul would look at that and he would say, "I encourage." All of you guys, I don't know whether women do this or not, but I encourage all of you guys to uh, fist bump with a holy fist bump. <laughs> That's what he's getting at. Take the yeah, culturally yeah. appropriate means of showing brotherhood or camaraderie or affection and make them holy. That's the, that's the gist here. So that's the second thing. And the third thing is I suspect this is the main point namely that Christians should feel genuine affection for one another. I've been reading First uh, Peter a lot lately and really been impressed because I'm teaching it to the seminary guys. And it seems to me that Peter is writing to a persecuted, beleaguered church, trying to encourage them how to live as exiles in a vast sea of unbelievers uh, who are being very hostile to them, and he's laboring to help them not just show dutiful, sacrificial love to each other, but rather to feel earnest, heartfelt affection to one another. I think that's why he says at the end, kiss one another with the kiss of love. So 1 Peter 1.22, having purified your souls by obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure 
heart. So the, the, those words are so beyond treat each other nice, <laughs> way beyond treating. These, he is calling for Christians to really have changes of heart so that when we approach another Christian, our hearts are drawn out in words like this. This is 1 Peter 3, 8, have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, tenderness of heart, humble mind. I mean, three of those, sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart, imply how warm and tender and gentle and kind and affectionate we should be towards brothers and sisters in Christ. Those are amazing words, and that's what Peter wants to see happen. And I think that's really what's behind both Peter and Paul saying that we should use a holy kiss. He wants us to be demonstrative in real affections, and that's what we should seek to grow in. Thank you, Pastor John. Fist bump with a holy fist bump. That's outstanding. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor John. Keep up with the daily Ask Pastor John podcast online uh, through our free apps, of course, and you can find out more at our online home at desiringgod.org forward slash John. There you can send in questions of your own like Vince did today. Well, speaking of online, I bet most of us know the thrill of going online and ordering things for ourselves that arrive at our homes within days, maybe hours. We're living in a golden age of online shopping conveniences, and it can also become an addiction in our lives. And a listener wants to know if she is addicted to online shopping and what to do about it. She asked for John Piper's help tomorrow. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. Thanks for listening to the Ask Pastor John podcast.